The date is December 13th, and this is Quarantine Chronicles, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin, and to my virtual left, we got Jason. Hello. And to my virtual left, we got Angel. Hey. We're, we're both on your virtual left today? That's pretty crowded over here. Oh, to my virtual, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just scoot over, uh, Angel, just a little bit to your, to your right. Make Jason move. I'm left-handed. No, he's, I deserve he's, to he's be always here. been to my virtual left. <laughs> That's true. I do like to be right. Yeah, just, just scoot. Oh, oh, now I hate the left. He's a, he's a crafty one. Uh, <laughs> that, that ain't all right. All right, I'm ready. What? I said I'm ready. He's in his spot. He's ready. <laughs> I was like, did you not start recording? <laughs> no, I moved. <laughs> all right. All right, guys, I'm ready to start uh, the podcast. You know, I was playing along with it a little bit. <laughs> too well. Oh, not, too, good 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 too good of an actor. Too good of an actor. All right, uh, this is the 15th edition of this here podcast, uh, talking about all the media and news that matters to us these last two weeks. As usual, timestamps uh, to the different segments are on the episode's blog post on RamNintendo.com, and they can also be found in the episode description in the podcast app if you're choosing. How are you guys? Pretty good. Just um, I've just been having some thoughts like the past few weeks about people that live in areas where it's snow. Just, I was just talking with some colleagues about like, just what it's like, because I've never really... I don't, don't think I've experienced real snow. The closest I think was when we went to Japan and it was starting to snow when we went to like the very top of the mountain and we looked like we were going on like Expedition Everest with our like crazy suits and everything. Except for our friend Nigel who was like in shorts and a long sleeve shirt. Weren't you guys walking like through a neighborhood in those crazy suits? Or was that like on the way back? It was the North Face track suits. Yeah. Like bright orange ones, right? I wasn't there. I was back in the hotel because I was hungover from the previous night. Oh, yeah, this was literally the day after New Year's. Oh, this was New Year's. This was New Year's oh, morning. that's right. Oh, yeah, I, I was the obnoxious American in Japan that, that New Year's. I think I was, too, because I woke up with um with my hands hurting, so. Oh, yeah, we FaceTimed yeah. Jason, too. I remember that part. You guys FaceTimed me that night, and then you FaceTimed me. Well, we FaceTimed him, and we were trying back. to survive from that mountain because... Yeah, yeah, because I was, it was, because I, I FaceTimed you guys at midnight your time, which was like 7 a.m. here, and then I called you again at midnight my time, LA time and then you were so exhausted and so like angry because you're coming down from this hike or whatever and you're in a neighborhood and you're talking everyone's like Angel quiet there's like people sleeping around here so I was like it's a quiet neighborhood you're just like like raging about whatever on FaceTime <laughs> that's all I know about your hike yeah essentially um long story short we went up a mountain um very exhausting um the the locals told us not to that it's kind of too late in the day to delve deeper into the mountain because it was going to get dark and it'd be dangerous. We went anyway. It got dark and dangerous. Um, we, <laughs> and then we were like really close to missing the last tram that would take us down the mountain. So we, we potentially could have gotten stuck up there, but we managed to make it. And that was your one experience with snow. Yeah, it was quite dirty. <laughs> yeah. And as we were leaving or like heading there, like it started to snow, but it was never like we're walking on snow or anything. And you know, like in movies, it sounds like some happy, cheerful thing. Like, oh, look at all this beautiful snow. But I keep hearing that it's actually like, not great to be living in areas where it snows that is and correct. i was just wondering if you had any input on that since i assumed when you lived in montana you had that montana yes snow was definitely a thing and snow is a double-edged sword you're absolutely correct that's very nice to look at it's really nice and picturesque to wake up to and then you know you go downstairs and you're like in your house and you look out the window and there's like two feet of snow and it's just like coming up to the wind it, like it looks really cool but it is such a pain to deal with because one 
cars aren't equipped for that, so you need to get snow tires, which already is a couple hundred bucks. Two, the snow tires only work if you're like in snow that's low enough for the tire. If the snow's higher than your tires, you basically can't drive there. Which means three, if it's like your driveway or a street, it has to be plowed or shoveled. Uh, most cities can plow, but if you're in a more podunk area or if um, it's your personal property, you have to shovel it or get a snowblower. Four, even when the snow is shoveled or plowed, it still is not as safe as a dry road because there could be ice under it. Or as the snow like hardens further down, it could get very slippery. Five, once the snow starts melting, it's not even snow anymore. Then it's slush, which is dirt mixed with snow, and it gets really slick and muddy and gross. And six, again... Well, so I'm expecting six points. <laughs> but there is under it sometimes black ice, which is not just harder snow that's slippery. It is snow. It is basically ice you don't even see. It is invisible ice that can live <laughs> With or without the snow. It's called black ice because it just looks like normal road, like normal asphalt. And you can slip and slide like crazy on that. So I reminded of a Key and Peele sketch about black ice. That's pretty funny. But uh, I don't think I've seen that one, actually. But anyway, so snow is very pretty to look at. It's fun I to see I recommend it. Check on. it out. Okay, I, I will. Thank, thanks, Angel. But no, it, it, it's very fun to see. ACDC <laughs> also has a uh, album called Black Ice. Oh, yeah. Was, wasn't that bad. I saw them in concert for that album. I mean, they obviously played other songs, but... Yeah. I had a black guy shirt that I got from JC Penny, oh. I think. It was really nice. Wow, JC Penny. Yeah. <laughs> of all places get ACDC tournament. You know, metal okay. metal appropriation. Yeah, seriously. So snow sucks, it sounds like. No, snow is the feeling of being all like cozy in your house when it's snow. Like you know how some people I mean, like, it literally oh, sounded like raining and I'm like under way the more negatives than positives. That's because there are. So here are the <laughs> positives. The only reason those are negative is because it affects your day to day. The positives are when it doesn't affect your day to day. You got skiing and snowboarding, you've got that picturesque look you've got um it is kind of fun to have snowball fights especially when you're a kid um animals love it so like if you have a dog and you take it out just like runs around and yeah so there are some pluses but it gets in your way so if you can be in a scenario where you can go visit snow or have snow that like is there but not a problem then it's perfect and the majority of my time in montana the snow was kind of enough out of the way like it wasn't problematic enough that caused the issues i described but it can very easily cause those issues. And as even touch on other issues, like if you park your car outside and it snows on your car, you have to like get all the snow off your car. And that's like a lot of snow gets heavy fast. So, huh. um, yeah. So it's kind of like almost... if you can like remove yourself from dealing with the snow, it's, um, it's great. It's like probably the most picturesque movie esque thing, like you were saying. But once you have to get to the degree of like living with snow, then it gets a little. So it almost sounds like we have it amazing because, you know, we could visit a place for a weekend or something and just get all the positive snow. California has it very good. But yes. never actually have to deal with it. I mean, we pretty much have different variants of summer all year. Well, that's what's nice about California is we have the mountains on one side, the coast on the other, like L.A. in particular. Like it's a three-hour, four-hour drive to Mammoth, which is, you know, there's snow or Big Bear, which has snow in the winter. But then we also have the coast and nice weather here. But I do, I do like, like, yeah, I, I think we have it best because I don't want to live in snow. Like, I, I was fine in Montana. I, I, one time, oh, here's the other thing about snow that sucks. You can, when you're eight years old, make an amazing snow fort. Like, so amazing. Like, it has, like, a tunnel you go through and it has, like, a barrack that you look out with, like, just enough room for your eyes. And you could spend all day doing it. So much time, in fact, that it gets dark. And you don't get time to play in your new fort because you were doing it, building it all day. But then the thing with snow is it's not permanent, right? So if it gets warm enough, it's gone. So then the next morning, you might want to go play in your new fort that you spent all day building. And then the sun's like, nah, I'm going to make it 55 degrees today. And the whole thing melts and it ruins your winter. Huh.
This sounds like it's happened to you before. No, this is all just, you know, yeah, it has. It was very sad. I was so proud of that fort. It's the one time I built a snow fort, and I never did it again afterwards. I can't, for some reason, I just can't imagine you finishing anything. Like, I imagine you, like, starting to build wow. a snow fort, and then... Wow, no, I finished it. It was being like, you know what, I'm satisfied ever. with the process of, like, piling up snow, and then you're kind of done. No, no, I didn't like making snowmen to the point of piling up snow, but I did like making a snow fort. <laughs> but yeah, I do like visiting snow. But I don't want to live in snow. Like, I liked when I used to go to New York once a year going in the winter when it was, like, getting that cold weather, getting some snow flurries, that. Or, like, when I went to Grand Canyon in March, we actually got snowed in at the hotel, which is odd if you think about Arizona getting snowed in in late March. But apparently it happens. Um, and that was nice for, like, a week just to have that snow. But I was very happy to then leave the snow. So, yeah, we, we have it best in California. Have you been in the snow, Kevin? Have you ever seen snow? Played in snow? Yeah, but like, just going up north from, from L.A., Really, oh. that's pretty much it. We'll just leave it at that. Mm. I have been pelted with a uh, with a snowball before. That doesn't sound fun. They're okay when they're soft, but again, going back to that, it can hide ice in it or it can get hard. Um, snowballs can hurt. Yeah, or when my dad, a baseball player, you know, bunches up a lot and throws it to you at ninety miles per hour, <laughs> it hurts too. No matter how soft it is, builds character. Jeez, true, 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 true. <laughs> it's like spiteful character, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> character's character i'm gonna build you up boy <laughs> all right so before we get into the meat of the episode it's time for your bi-weekly la covid update jason do the jingle we have a jingle uh covid update there we go yeah <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be doing that every two weeks from now from now on right. oh man i have to i've got to spice it up a little <laughs> yeah all right yeah, yeah. Better. <laughs> so what uh, <laughs> So, two major developments happened in between the last update and this one. So, on December 2nd, uh, Mayor of LA, Eric Garcetti, he enacted a safer at home measure, which basically meant you aren't allowed to go outside. But the measure was so poorly written that there was just a lot of confusion. Do you remember this? It, it was mm-hmm. 10 days ago. Already. It had 12, pa- I know, it feels like an age, ages ago. It had 12 pages of exceptions. <laughs> yep. The rule was stay home, and that's like, or, and a small golden book size list of uh things that let you not stay home which is basically yeah. everything there was stuff like if you were considered essential you were allowed to go to work but then there was a clause in the measure that said that you weren't allowed to drive or walk it was yeah it was odd and then on the 7th <laughs> uh governor of california gavin newsom said don't worry la we're gonna add all of socal into that measure so that you're not lonely so uh not only that <laughs> but then the state ordered the the closure of barbershops hair salons museums you can no longer dine. Door uh, restaurants are are strictly now takeout or delivery. Yep. So uh, yeah, this podcast is now permanent part of our lives. Yeah. Who knew that the name would come back around? Actually, I think we all knew that was going to, unfortunately. But uh, no, dude, I thought we were gonna be done with this podcast in June. Well, I mean, by like end of summer, I think we knew this. There was gonna be a second wave where our name. Would oh be yeah, applicable yeah, yeah, again. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe by June next year. Yeah. I mean, the hey, vaccine was approved this weekend. So it was approved to he- really. Like actually approved? Which one? Which one got approved? The, Dude, the, the Pfizer, Pfizer vaccine. Why are you got holding out on? That's actually a really good thing to update. You weren't going to say anything about what? The, well, well, the Pfizer vaccine. That's, a, that, that's more like a vaccine update. That's not a COVID. Also, update. I would oh. kind of hope that people listening to the show have better news sources for <laughs> pressing health issues, and oh, that we're yeah. just telling them our stories, <laughs> which is why the vaccine did not. What make if our only listener is Little Timmy, and he just like oh, have... Little Timmy, little, yeah. little Timmy is probably. I don't know what's inappropriate with that joke. I'm a little afraid of where you're going to take that. <laughs> Wait, so it's, so it's approved then? Like, actually... It was approved by on the FDA? Friday by the FDA. 
Canada and the UK have approved it. The UK has already administered it. The FDA approved it on Friday. It will begin shipping to the initial wave of first responders and senior citizens Sunday, the day this goes up. Interesting. Um, but realistically, it's not going to get to like us common folk uh, until like March or April, probably. Is the mm-hmm. Pfizer one too far two away? dose one? The Pfizer one is the two dose one. That's okay. two weeks apart. Yes, and it's the one with a ninety-five percent. Uh, who who had the uh, thing. the the one dose one? Was that uh, Johnson and Johnson? Or am I, I thinking of? I don't remember actually. Hmm. I'm not sure. All I know is one of them. I forgot which, but one of well, the Oxford one kind of fell apart because their data was messed up. They accidentally forgot to do something, I think. And then the other one, uh, there's another one that they just delayed till fall 2021. But I don't remember who that was. Moderna, maybe? No, it wasn't Moderna. I don't know. Hmm. Huh. All right. Point cool. is though, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and Quarantine Chronicles' name will eventually be a th- not relevant name exactly <laughs> at some point in time but right now it's very relevant yeah for sure um so i have been on kind of an anime kick lately i don't really know why but uh i finally finished my hero academia season four which i had put off forever seriously uh, i feel like that thing ended a long time ago yeah and like season five is supposed to come out oh no it's not it's, <laughs> i think there's still <laughs> another year but uh, uh, then the final season of Attack on Titan finally premiered, which actually apparently crashed Crunchyroll and Funimation. Really? Uh, which are now uh, one in the same company, aren't they? Oh, are yeah. they now? Yeah, well, Sony, Sony bought, owns both. Yeah, Sony bought Crunchyroll. Is that official? Because that, that's, yeah, that's, that's they, announced it, they announced it like, yeah, Wednesday. Okay, well, there we I go. Uh, it crashed Sony servers. Either. Hopefully that just means I, I could just keep my account on Crunchyroll and I just get everything that's on Funimation as well. Or I don't know if that would mean something else, but... Cool. My big question is, does that mean that essentially, and obviously I'm not super well-versed in the anime world, but I know Netflix has a few shows. I know Hulu hey, has dude, a few shows. You watch basically Pokemon? So, true. Uh, or I did. But basically Sony has a monopoly almost now on anime in America, right? Like they not own the two biggest sources. I mean, there's still High Dive and, like you said, Netflix. But I guess you're right. I mean, those, I mean, Crunchyroll and Funimation were probably the biggest. I don't know how big Netflix is. It's definitely felt big, but I would probably right. say that Crunchyroll and Funimation were probably the like the really big ones. Like if you wanted, if you could only pick one, like I would probably say get Crunchyroll and then Funimation, and everyone will usually just have Netflix. So yeah, I would assume they're gonna merge them at this point. But because I mean, I think if you want to watch Attack on Titan as it's airing, you have to go to Crunchyroll. I don't think Netflix is getting them every week, even though they do have Attack on Titan on there. Yeah, but, I, I watched uh, Attack yeah. on Titan on Hulu. Oh, it's on Hulu. I don't know. Damn. Yeah, I don't know if it was uh, because I know Crunchyroll's just the, uh, the yeah, simulcast. Yeah, it's like one hour later or almost at the same time, practically. Yeah, um, but it's almost like if you thought the streaming deals were confusing with like Peacock and Hulu, and just wait till the animes come into play. Once it's like Sony licenses out this one to this person, that one to that person, but then the Japanese deal gives them a simulcast, but not on this network. Yeah, on that it's, it's all over the over place. Here, you got yeah, it's gonna be so messy. And then you have people like Netflix that bought like the rest to Evangelion, so then that's where that lives and blah blah blah. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but anyways, what I've been watching the most these last two weeks has been an anime called Tokyo Ghoul. And the reason I started watching was because I was watching a Twitch streamer do a tournament arc for anime openings. And the one for Tokyo Ghoul was incredibly popular. And then the other day while I, while I was browsing Hulu, I saw that I was on there and decided to uh, have a go at it. Angel, do you know anything about that show? I've watched it. I've, I've seen the whole thing already. Oh, you have? Yeah. <laughs> Long time I don't know ago. if you're serious or not. 
No, I did. It was um, recommended to me by a friend that I know is like a huge fan of Tokyo Ghoul. And mm-hmm. I guess after seeing all her statues and stuff, I'm like, all right, I'm going to check it out. And I mean, it has a cockatiel. So oh, uh, like that's that. right. Yeah, so he, he's contractually obligated to watch it. Yeah, he wears like a little like um, butler suit. Yeah, I do remember you that. You might have just sold me on the entire show. I don't know what you're about <laughs> to say about Kevin, but a cocktail in a butler suit. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's so I'll, it. Be, I'll be interested in hearing what Angel thinks. Uh, so basically in this, in this world of Tokyo Ghoul, there are these people who are ghouls, regular looking folk that can only survive by eating human flesh. And the show follows a 19 year old named Ken who becomes a half ghoul after an incident. And because it's important to my enjoyment of the show, I have to point out that I was watching the dub while playing video games. So my focus wasn't a hundred percent there. And I think Angel will know once I start talking about Angel, we'll, we'll see where I went wrong here. Uh, anyways, the first episode pretty much deals with Ken realizing that he's become, like, a half-ghoul, and he has a mental breakdown because of it, and he slowly starts starving to death because he refuses to eat human flesh, and, like, from there, I was, I was all in. I thought it was such an interesting premise, like, having this character who is going to have to struggle with the morality of having to essentially resort to cannibalism if he wants to survive. Like, I was really looking forward to an anime about this, but in one fell swoop, in the same episode, the show went full shonen, Like, it went full Bleach, Naruto, One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, whatever you want to call it. Uh, ghouls apparently can, like, excrete blood through their skin and harden it to make weapons. They just have, like, tendrils coming out of them to beat the crap out of other ghouls. And I had never been so disappointed in my entire life when I realized that this was just another shonen anime. And it's all 100% my fault because I didn't pay attention to the first episode where they clearly show all this stuff taking place. Like, to the main character, no less. He's pretty much getting stabbed to death by a female ghoul's tendril powers. And I had no clue that it even happened. All I heard was the main character screaming. And I thought to myself, oh, he's just, like, getting bit or eaten. And not just getting murked by some monster. I don't know, Angel, how did you feel about the, the show? I, I kind of agree with that. Not, like, I wasn't as disappointed because, I don't know, I think I was still, like, like okay, like, I, I, I like seeing these cool powers. I like seeing the action. But I definitely feel it was way more interesting when it was about that duality of not wanting to commit cannibalism and, you know, like working with that. Or I guess like hanging out with those folks at the coffee shop that, you know, like satisfy their, I guess, cannibalistic craving in, I guess, the most, I guess, humane way. Or I guess like the most like the the easiest, the best way that Ken will be able to deal with it. It does kind of feel like it kind of goes off the rails a little too fast. Like Like almost immediately. Because cause that whole do I have to resort to cannibalism conflict that Ken has pretty much gets dropped the in the third episode. Like, that's no longer a problem. Yeah, and it has been a while. Like, I think what I remember most, honestly, is just, like, the the action set pieces. Um, oh, yeah. Some, like, a lot of them, like, were definitely pretty great. And even, like, I think it was, like, the fight against, um, I think it's Jason, actually. I think that's the name of the dude. Yeah, yeah. Played by the, me. The big guy. Played yeah. And just, like, the torture, like, that can go through, it's... Damn. I mean, I don't know. Like, a, this character definitely suffers. I don't know if he suffered... Probably not, yeah, probably more than the main character from Dead Man Wonderland, which is another show that I've seen. Uh, I didn't see the second season. I... Because I know I saw, like... I guess it was supposed to be a complete story. Or at least, like, that first season. The second one, I think, is goes even more off the rails from what I've heard, which is why I just didn't really bother. So, are you talking... You're not talking about the second series, right? You're talking about the second season? Oh, maybe I'm talking about the second series. Where it's called, like, Tokyo Ghoul, like... And then, like, a little symbol after. Oh, Route um, A. 
Yeah, yeah so that's the it. second season of Tsukoku. Oh, that's the second season? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, so I didn't see... I pretty much saw where, like, um, you know, he's with his friend at the end walking the the long road back with him and his own. Oh, and yeah, so that is Route A. What? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's I, Route A. No, okay. Well, that was the last episode I saw. Pretty much where, like, I guess it felt like that arc concluded. And right. Ken just kind of goes off on his own to, I guess, figure out what he wants to do with his life. Oh, I don't know. Oh, so, so I was looking into this because... The second series, Tokyo Ghoul Re, uh, just colon R-E. Apparently that show just pretty much took Route A and threw it out the window. Because Route A is it doesn't follow the manga. It like cherry picks from the from the manga what it wants. And it switches oh, a lot of things. And so uh, Tokyo Ghoul R-E apparently just retcons Route A completely. <laughs> is that what the R-E stands for? <laughs> Tokyo Ghoul Retcon. Oh. It would make sense, but <laughs> a remake or redo, I guess. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, and and every episode is is called like make, uh, do, press. So it's like repress, redo, remake, all that stuff. Every single episode. Um, Tokyo Ghoul Re almost feels like a different show because it takes place, I think, a year after the end of Route A. But then it's like there's four brand new characters. And there's a character that looks like Ken. And, well, spoiler alert for Tokyo Goal RE, the new character, his name is Heisei. And apparently it's just Ken um, with his memories uh. erased. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's about a squad of people who are exactly like Ken, who are half human, half ghoul. Or I guess half ghoul, half human, because apparently there's a difference between half human, half ghoul, and half ghoul, half humans. Let me tell you, that show sucks. Uh <laughs> Apparently, they try to fit in, like, 200 and something chapters into 24 episodes, Oof. and it feels so rushed. There's, like, seven fights happening at the same time with, like, characters that you've seen maybe once and characters that are, you're supposed to feel for. And maybe this is because, once again, while I'm watching Tokyo Ghoul, I'm also doing something that has my attention way more than watching the show. But, like, there are characters who are having these inner monologues, so I'm thinking of, like... Who are you? Like, why should I care that you're about to die? And maybe that, like I said, maybe that's that's my fault. Maybe it's the show's fault for rushing through it. Uh, apparently, the manga got less popular over time, uh, and so that's why they they rushed uh, Re. And apparently, uh, it's not well animated either. Uh, so I guess the the team that does it, their name Periot. Dude, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, that sounds right. Perio. Yeah. Yeah. Periot, the the guys that do like One Piece, Naruto, that stuff. Apparently, they have like a secondary team called Periot Plus. They're like the the B the B team, I guess. Uh, that sounds weird, streaming but, service. Uh, no, I think it's just like a, a smaller group of people. Oh, like and, Disney Florida versus Disney Animation California, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah they uh, have two teams, and they put the movies they don't think are going to do as well with that other team, apparently. Oh, okay, like so, so yeah, that's that's exactly what happened here. Um, Which ended up backfiring because they did Florida did Lion King and LA did Mulan, and they thought Lion King wasn't going to do as well. But yeah, that happened anyway. You said yeah, Tokyo Ghoul is the uh, <laughs> is the Mulan in this scenario. It's not the, it's definitely not the, the Lion King. Uh, I looked into it. Apparently, there's like a huge campaign, or maybe huge is the wrong word, but there's a, there's always a campaign for like. Of animes that need a redo or a remake, Tokyo Ghoul is like usually at the very top of the list, which is weird because I feel like it's so recent, 
and people are already sort of like demanding a, a remake. It came um, out within the last ten years, right? Yeah, exactly. Like Post twenty ten. Yeah, it's still pretty new. Like everything's getting rebooted from the last. I mean, True Blood's getting a reboot. They announced the other day. Like it doesn't matter how old things are. Spider Man's been rebooted three times in the last ten years. Yeah, but I feel like enemies, enemies, they just continue different. on. That's true. That's true. Angel, I don't know how you like. What's the status of animation studios in during quarantine? That's a good question. I mean, a lot of them can work remotely, but I would imagine definitely would be a lot tougher and slower. I mean, we I know there were some shows that we got delayed for just because of the quarantine, like especially in Japan. Although um, last I chatted with a friend that lives in Japan about like how things were over there, and she said that for the most part, things are pretty much back to normal, except people are still like, just because it's Japan, they're still kind of treating it like it's in quarantine. So they're still uh-huh. being like overly cautious, even though like I guess like sanctions and stuff are kind of back to normal, or like it's not as strict as it is over here. But yeah, so I imagine things aren't that bad. Mm. But, I don't know. I well, mean, Nintendo definitely makes it sound like it is bad based on Sakurai working oh, from well. home. But but then again, game industry could also be way different. Well, Nintendo's a weird case because they um, are such an old school conservative company where they have everyone like go to work in like jumpsuit looking things. And like it's very so like for them, how you move to at home was hard because they never had that infrastructure in place. They had to kind of do it on the fly. I think that was their main Mm. uh, their main bottleneck versus I think because like one. I don't know. Oh, you didn't go Kyoto when you were in Japan. Did you, Angel? Did you go, Kevin? Did you guys swing? No. Okay. Because if you guys anybody went to Kyoto. Yeah, no. Gil- Gil- Gilbert and Eric went when I went to, when we went to Osaka. They they went to they ended, yeah. right because if you swung by like Nintendo's, well, you guys didn't, but I did when I was there. Swinging by Nintendo's headquarters, like I, I got lunch at some place across the street, and there was just like a rotating door of people in like Nintendo jumpsuits. And I researched, it, and apparently, like the software guys all wear blue, and the hardware guys all wear beige, and the office itself is like stark white, and you just kind of sit and diligently work, and none of that is ready for work at home. Like that sort of culture, corporate culture, doesn't easily flip to work at home. So I think that was Nintendo's problem. Hmm. No, Nintendo. We'll get to you <laughs> next week. I got lots to say. Yeah, it's not not to hijack uh, the non-Nintendo show. No, no, but, no worries. But I just did. I, I definitely feel. I definitely remember feeling like I wish I liked the show more at the end of Tokyo. Yeah. Like especially because, like you know, like you said, like the way it started. Like I did mm-hmm. like at least like what at least like thematically changes it or makes it a little different from other shonen is that the character never wanted to be in the situation and never necessarily wants to be the the best fighting like ghoul or anything. It's, I mean, they still end up like, you know, getting better, learning more powers and I think they even have like a second form and stuff like that like other shonen typically do. But mm-hmm. at least like his goals are always always felt more always felt different. And which ended up just feeling this more disappointing when it kind of just ended and it was like, ugh, it didn't feel like it reached its full potential or like something was lost in it. Yeah, but... that that ending is complete nonsense for Route <laughs> A. Um, because it's like, he's walking that, that long path and then he confronts like this other white-haired guy. And as far as I remember, that's the first time that we see that guy. Um, and that person ends up being one of the main characters in Tokyo Ghoul RE. And he's very, very important to to the story. As to why uh, Ken has amnesia, but yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think if I would have paid attention, I would have saved myself the trouble of having to see all these almost fifty episodes of this show. Mm. And 
I don't know, I just wanted to see something in between, like, a slice of life and shonen anime. And this, the first episode definitely felt like that to me. It's, like, nothing too out of the ordinary, just, like, some slight fantastical element. Which, I don't know if there's a lot of shows like that. Um, like I don't know if you know any element? Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like I definitely have something. I feel like this year I've definitely like, watched a just ton of new anime this year. Um, I mean, there is one I'm thinking of that I know I talked about on this show that has like a slight fantastical element, but it's definitely not the fantastical element I think you're looking for. Um, Ooh, which one's that one? Um, the one about the the group of like I think it's six friends that are trying to figure out why why their friend died, but their friend is like there in spirit the whole time, and only one of them can talk to them. Mm. It's like an 11 minute show, and it's like it could get kind of depressing towards the end, but actually kind of just oh, a big problem in general. <laughs> It's not really like magic or there's no like action. It's just it's super slice of life, but it's more of actually I guess it's more like erased in that sense because erased kind of yeah, has that fantastical element, but yeah, you know it's, it's still pretty much grounded. I don't know. I I think Tokyo Ghoul probably had like definitely had the option of be, of being that. It's like oh, uh, it's more an anime about morality than it is about crazy action fights and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, the action, some of the action fights are really cool, like you said, like the one against Jason at the end of uh, season one. But yeah, that show just just goes too fast, just way too soon. And I don't know. I, I just wish I liked it. I, I think I have like 10 episodes left of RE, and I have no idea what's happening anymore. Damn. Like, and it's funny because his. Ken's car- Ken's hair starts off black, then goes white at the end of the first season. Then at the start of the second series, it's white with a little bit of black in it. Then it turns black again <laughs> for three episodes, and now it's back to white. They just can't decide what they want to do with it. Pretty much. Um, does it signify something? It does. Okay. It's it's uh, it's a story thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, every now and then I just keep thinking to myself, I could just save myself the trouble if I had just paid attention to that first episode while playing game. <laughs> uh, so I guess at the end of the day, that's the moral of the story. Don't multitask. Yeah. Don't multitask. And also don't watch the show. Read the manga, I guess. Because <laughs> that's will probably give you more context for literally everything that's happening in the second series. Yeah, like, maybe they'll explain why the cockatiel's wearing the suit. Ooh, know. okay, I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Alright, cool, cool, cool. Angel, why do you have Who Framed Roger Rabbit on here? Is this your first time ever seeing it? Oh, no, definitely not. I've seen this movie many, many times growing up. So, as you guys know, or I'm pretty sure I've made it apparent that every Friday... Um, my sister, brother-in-law, and I, we pretty much have a movie night, and we try to watch a movie that none of us have ever seen before, or at least the majority of us. But after going through so many, um, you know, over the, I guess over the months, um, we started wondering, like, there's some films that, like, I've just been wanting to rewatch, but just haven't really found the time. And specifically movies I haven't seen in at least 10 years. And, like, in the case of my sister, she hadn't seen this one in about 10 years as well, and... My brother and I hadn't seen it since he was like a little kid. And so we just started coming up with another list of movies that like, do they still hold up like today? And like on that list right now, we have like, we have this movie, we have The Mask, we have Dumb and Dumber because those are our movies, especially those two. 
But after I mentioned, I haven't seen those since I was like probably like 10 or younger. So, and I know I saw, oh, and, and Ace Ventura, probably a lot of Jim Carrey movies. And I know I saw a clip of Ace Ventura recently and I was like, oh man, this is kind of cringy. So I'm just wondering if I would even still like it. But I remember it That's being hilarious. All of them, I'm pretty sure. I know it's sacrilegious to say to some people. I think but I, I saw... Feel like I don't think 90s comedy ages as well as people like to think if they don't have the nostalgia. Yeah, just I like thought... Rush Hour being incredibly racist, apparently. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I saw the second Jim Carrey movie on Netflix recently, like probably like two or three years ago. And it definitely has some... F- I-, I think... It was just too over the top that it kind of like surpassed cringy that it kind of came back around to being funny. But then there were still some parts that were like, oh, God, like, you know, the kind of things that you're like, I don't want someone to walk into the room right now while I'm watching this. But um, anyway, who framed Roger Rabbit? This movie, like, I have a ton of respect for. So I was kind of really hoping like, oh, man, I hope it's still good after all this time. And it wasn't just like nostalgia or just a like big, I guess. Uh, admiration for Richard Williams, which is like the director of animation for this movie, and pretty much the man behind, I guess, like the Bible for like animation. He wrote something called the Animation Survival Guide, which like every character animator, doesn't matter who it is, like if you ask them, like they've probably read this book and like learned a ton from it. Like as did I, like I have the book right here and I love it. But just like the way that he like animates everything is just so like distinctly him, and yeah, like it still holds up like the quality of the animation of all the characters especially like in that short in the beginning just looks so good like you could easily miss like and i'm not even kidding like you can mistake it for like something that was animated in 2020 like it just looks like that good like probably better than most like 2d animated things i've seen but even just like the interactions with like the live action characters with the animated characters it's just so well done there are like a few instances where you know it's not like a perfect one-to-one sync but i would say like for like for the most part like they just did a really good job like all the actors are doing an awesome job of like acting like there's cartoon characters around them and i don't know everything feels authentic and i think the fact that they're not trying to make any of them look realistic that they still just look and animate the way they did in their original films like i don't know it's a treat and it's also one of those movies that like you could look at the background you could like look at what other characters are doing and it's just like little nods and things that anyone that has watched cartoons growing up will appreciate especially adults man i forgot how like not for kids this movie is and oh yeah 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 like like like, like a kid could watch it but damn like you can't go like five seconds without like i don't know either something someone like a overly sexualizing like a woman or something or like there's like a scene where like the baby is like smoking a cigarette and he wants to talk with detective valiant the main character who's played by bob hopkins you know mario and he's like mm-hmm. oh go get me like the newspaper and then like he smacks her in the butt it's like all right get on toots but um what's it called you know and just a, a bunch of really like honestly just really funny new windows like everything is just kind of set in like such a way that like you know what they're trying to get at like they're like valiant is like on the case he has to take like these pictures because um the director suspect that jessica rabbit roger rabbit's wife is cheating on him with with acme um the man behind you know all those like acme products that you see in all those cartoons and mm-hmm. you just see them like spying through a window and then they're like oh let's play some patty cake and they say it in such a suggestive way and then they're like she starts like moaning louder like oh patty cake patty cake oh whatever and then they're like, he's taking the pictures and then later you find out that they're literally just playing patty cake like you know like with their hands and all that stuff angel know, it, it, you're never gonna live down that soundbite you just created ever i just want you to know <laughs> 
but I don't know, everything is just, I don't know, it's, it's funny. It's definitely a movie that just becomes more enjoyable, I feel like, the older you get. And even, like, Christopher Lloyd just being, like, super freaking evil in this movie and intimidating as the judge. And, oh, man, I guess, like, how you see char- cartoon characters die because apparently they figured out a way to kill them because outside of, I guess, anything, they're indestructible. Except for the fact that, I guess, weasels and hyenas are the only ones that can die from laughter. Like, that just kind of seemed to be thrown in there. But, I don't know. But, I don't know. I... I would definitely say it's still worth a big watch, especially, like, if you just love the quality of the animation. Like, it just kind of makes me sad that, like, Richard Williams never got to finish, like, his magnum opus. Because this was, like, probably the work that I would say he's best remembered for. But the one that he wanted to be remembered for was a film called The Thief and the Cobbler. Because Hoover Marjorie Rabbit came out in 1988. And have either of you ever heard of or seen The Thief and the Cobbler? No. Negative. It's... The voice actor, I guess, like, I forget who published it in the U.S., but I think Matthew Broderick is, like, the main character. Like, for Ferris Bueller's Day Off, dude. And, um, oh, man, I forget who plays the bad guy, but he's also, like, a really big name. Um, he, Tim Curry. He, yeah, oh. that was the bad guy. And, yeah, that movie, like, takes a lot of, looks like, like, oh, it looks almost kind of like a ripoff of Aladdin, but... The thing about that movie is that, like, Richard Williams was working on that movie, like, way before, like, even Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like, way, like, a long, long time ago. The only problem is that he just kept, you know, not finishing it. Like, he was trying to do everything perfectly, that like, he just kept missing deadlines, and it kept getting canceled, and other people kept picking it up, and then they just, it, ultimately, he got as much as he could done, and they just kicked him off the project, and they handed it to another studio to finish it themselves. And to what you get in the final product, which we did see a couple months ago, actually, through our movie nights, because I had never seen it, I've only heard of it, Um, they added, like, musical numbers they added a few different plot points you know they pretty much finished the movie without what the original vision was so uh you might enjoy that movie it's uh, the sad thing is that that movie was supposed to be a showcase of just masterclass animation but and it was supposed to be you know mostly silent like the main character doesn't talk there's another character the thief that also is in there that never talks and in the remake well i guess in the the non-director's cut, we'll call it. Um, they added, like, Matthew Broderick is pretty much, like, doing, I guess, saying the thoughts of the cobbler the, throughout the entire movie. And they also hired some other actor to pretty much speak the thoughts of the thief throughout the entire movie. And they never shut up. They're, like, talking the whole time. Like, just describing everything that they're doing and just, like, adding, like, different, you know, making, like, pop culture references and, you know, like, stuff like that. And some can be pretty funny, but for the most part, like, you could tell, like, this was meant to be, or I felt like it would have worked better, like, as a silent film. And people on the internet did come together to, like, get really good animators to finish, like, what the movie was supposed to be like. Because, unfortunately, Richard Williams did pass away, I want to say, earlier this year, or maybe last year. But, yeah, there's something called the Recobbled Edition that's actually free on YouTube. And they took all the storyboards, all the planning that Richard Williams did, and they finished the movie. I mean, as best as it possibly could be. And I've yet to watch that version, but, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to because... Again, like, the animation in that movie is, like, phenomenal. It's, like, definitely, like, someone took, like, what can, how can we push the medium of animation? And they did it. It's kind of how I feel like Spider-Verse pushed the medium of, like, CG animation. But, yeah, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, still hilarious, still, still topical. I'm pretty, I don't know, pretty funny how, like, I mean, the movie's set in, like, the 1950s, I believe, when, I guess, trolleys, like, were all over L.A. I mean, it is set in L.A. Earlier, earlier, I think. Oh, yeah, 1945. That's when it took place. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, it's just funny how like in the movie they're raving how like, oh yeah, and like like you're not gonna drive like no, why would I drive? LA has like the best like transportation system in the in the world. Oh, it's so <laughs> sad because we did, we did, and then the freeways got built and like the car industry lobbied for that, and then they pulled all the tracks out. We used to have a well, really 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 good system out here, which is hilarious because that's literally what the movie's about. Like the main yeah, yeah. villain like wants to take down Toontown so he could build a freeway. Yep, and then they're like freeway, like who's gonna want to use a freeway? But you know. We're here now. That, that question still rings bad. true. Who wants <laughs> like, to use a freeway? Traffic jam will be a thing of the past. <laughs> oh, oh man, I have so uh, confession time. I've never seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Really? Oh, never. Seen it's it. good. I think you would enjoy it's it. Good. I mean, it's also just like never, never again did we ever see like this is probably like the first like big crossover. I feel like that mm-hmm. blew a lot mm-hmm. of minds. I mean, it was like a Touchstone Pictures film, so it was like under the Disney umbrella. It was just like more. Like, we don't really want to associate ourselves with this too much because of, you know, the nature, like how I was describing it's very much very right. a lot of adult humor. Kind of like Nightmare Before Christmas. But then they, like, after they saw how popular it was, they literally, like, doubled back on both of those films and, like, yeah, they put them all over Disneyland. Yeah, especially Nightmare Before Christmas. They leaned super hard into that. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah, like, um, I mean, you have, like, literally, like, a scene which, like, it's still, like, one of my favorites. Like, you have Donald Duck and Daffy Duck, like, fighting each other in a piano like a dueling piano scenario and <laughs> and they're literally like going back and forth like throwing attacks at each other just playing the piano and it's just so awesome i mean like they're like both like my favorite like animated characters from each respective company and, and to see dogs. them yeah, and, and like to see them like next to each other like talking to each other and interacting it was just like it still was like mind-blowing and just like awesome and you know you also have like scenes with like mickey and bugs like chatting with each other you have like, you know, Disney characters, Warner Brothers characters, you have Betty Boop appear. I mean, it's literally like, I mean, I don't know if it was like, oh, those companies going to Disney and going like, oh, please get these characters in there or Disney reaching out. Because if anyone could do it with the money, it's Disney. But right. they could have also just used their own character set up the whole thing. But yeah. And, Disney, and the crazy Disney thing is that... Done... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, no, go ahead. You do your thought first. Uh, it's crazy how, how Disney has that sort of power because they redid it with like Wreck-It Ralph with having... Yep. Oh, yeah, having Sonic in in that yeah, that's pretty much Bowser, Bowser, everybody. Oh yeah, yeah Bowser, yeah, yeah. Because there's on there. there's a point. Roger Rabbit sort of set in motion, but there's been a point since then where there's like this moment where suddenly everyone's like brands. Let's get all the brands together. Like commercials do it now. Like you remember Super Bowl two years ago where they like Mr. Clean and all these other mascots like in the same commercial. Like it's this idea of just like let's mix and match worlds. Everyone will love it. That's like Roger Rabbit kind of kicked it off. And when you look at it and see how they so did who it, and Roger look at Rabbit it, is who I have to blame for brands interacting on Twitter. Probably when 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 Twinkies <laughs> is feeling really depressed and Sunny D like comes in like, hey, how are you, Twinkies? Don't worry, it's all good. I feel like that's more Sonic, right? Like Sonic the Hedgehog's Twitter. I feel like kind of started the whole like no, brands, it's, it's like, uh getting well. More... They they were a big part of the brands being snarky, but the brands interacting with one another is I don't know some other level. Because I feel like Sonic was always like tweeting at like the Mega Man Twitter, like other Twitters, and then I feel like eventually saw like true. others interacting with each other, and then like Wendy's became like the next like snarky one. And I feel like Sonic was more um, self aware. Uh, wow, all yeah. these yeah. all these. Yeah companies are just trying to do you know just try to be quirky and stuff like that yeah but mm-hmm. it is kind of interesting if you like if you like plot like roger rabbit was kind of the first crossover between brands because obviously like there's jetsons meets the, the flintstones and there's like Han barbera cross like Han barbera's like animated universes like there's a lot of crossover there but anyway um and then like space jam is probably the next one and after space mm-hmm. jam even though it was just more brothers just mixing two worlds basketball and 
you know, uh, Looney Tunes. And then from there, I feel like there's kind of a lull. And there's, like, Smash Bros. and stuff like that. But then, like, Lego Movie happened. And, like, Wreck-It Ralph happened. And they started mixing and matching IPs across brands. And then it just, like, took off. And now it's everywhere. Uh-huh. At least that's kind of my read. Like, even Fortnite, which we'll talk about on the regular show. Like, um, you know, Ram, Ram Nintendo. Uh, phew, that's just an IP. Like, hey, you got a brand? Bring it on in. Like, it's just, yeah. So it's, uh, but it definitely, I feel like Roger Rabbit was kind of the source of all this. Yeah, the only thing. Worse. The but it executes it very well. The only other thing I was going to say about it was, um, like, it wasn't until probably the last time I saw it, like, over 10 years ago, that I learned that Who From Roger Rabbit was actually an adaptation from a novel called Who Censored Roger Rabbit. And the design of Roger Rabbit in the movie is definitely all, like, I guess, Disney now. But in the book version, which came out, like, in 1981, so, like, nine years before the movie, I mean, seven years before the movie, um, you know, it was about, like, comic book characters, like, comic strip characters. That's why it's, like, Who Censored, because, you know makes sense with the, mm-hmm. the comics mm-hmm. and that one was definitely probably darker and like probably it was it was pretty different like it involved like genie wishes and and that and in that book universe like cartoon characters can die like and they talk like with speech oh. bubbles and like they die normally but they have like cartoon characters have this ability to make a something called a doppel and what that is is like they'll create like a doppelganger that exist temporarily but those like they'll have them so that they can do like the crazy like dangerous scenes like in comic strips or stuff where like they get crushed by anvils or stuff like that so like they can be safe but yeah so it kind of revolves around that and the mystery is kind of sort of similar but essentially this movie was so big and popular that literally when they came out with the sequel to this book they literally retconned the entire first book by making it a dream of one of the characters from the movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they redesigned them to all look like how they did in the movie. So that's funny. Yeah, pretty crazy. It is. Uh, it is typical Disney mo though to do what you're describing, where it's like, oh yeah, they took a book or they took a classic story, they they made an adaptation, they kind of softened the edges a little, and then turned it into a big Disney property. Like that's literally what they do with everything. So it doesn't at all surprise me that this was a book. Yeah, or if that it was if, darker to begin with. If, if anyone is curious about, like, the differences and, like, how the plot actually rolls out in the book, I would really recommend a video by, I forget who makes it, but the book is called, like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Like, what's the difference? And they literally go, like, side by side with the book and movie, like, plot beat by plot beat, like, what's different? And mm-hmm. it does, like, an awesome job. I mean, I, I think it's by Cineflix. Uh, I forget the channel, but, like, they do a bunch of comparisons like that that I love watching. Like, they'll do, like, one for The Lord of the Rings or, like, Jurassic Park or, you know, things that sometimes you don't even realize came from books. And it is interesting seeing, like, what changed or what characters got cut and for what reason. And, you know, most of the time that makes sense. You have a book versus a movie. You have to wrap things up. And, you know, sometimes it makes more sense to cut out characters or change it completely. But, yeah, this one kind of makes sense. It feels like it'd be way more convoluted. But, yeah, who framed Roger Rabbit? Freaking Disney. Um, yeah. Corridor crew, you know, they have their uh, good and bad CGI series. It's oh, up to yeah. like 50 episodes. It has like up to 50 episodes now. Um, they did, they, one of the segments that they did was on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And it seems like a, like on the technical sense, on technical level, it seems like a masterpiece. Like just seeing how they blended uh, live action with with uh, these cartoon characters seems crazy. Yeah, uh, visually, it's really cool and it holds up really. Yeah, well. and I yeah, feel like and, other and times that they tried to do that after another production just doesn't look as good. But yeah, yeah, mainly mainly because it's usually CG. While back then they had to rely on their wits and their ingenuity <laughs> to to come up with uh, <laughs> the the mixing. Which is a uh, if they ever make a sequel, which I I I feel like I always hear talks about a sequel being made but never actually see the results there ever is a sequel you know that's 
uh, unless they get the same director, who I would assume would want to do everything technical again and use as little CG as possible. Well, he might be free. I mean, the director of Who Are From Our Driver with Robert Zemeckis, like, do do did Back to the oh. Future. Back to the Future, yeah. I'm and sure he has other things. Yeah. He made that weird Steve Carell movie like two years ago. Oh, or yeah, he did. Life of Walter Mitty? No, not. No. The Little was, Soldier one. Yeah. The, the one where he's like no. a little toy soldier or something. Yeah. Something oh. in Darwin? Oh, he did for his yeah, dump, apparently. That. Yes, he did. Oh, it's a decent track record, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's another film that I don't know for. I'm just looking at his IMDb now because I know there's like another movie that we saw recently that I was like, oh, that was Robert Zemeckis. But oh, he did Monster House. Oh no, he was a producer. Monster House wasn't that Dan Harmon? No, Dan Harmon wrote Monster House. I mm-hmm. think. Well, there I'm was a movie called <laughs> Back to the Future: Doc Brown Saves the World in 2015. That must have not done well. Probably like a short film, mm. unofficial. <laughs> he did amazing stories. Or like secretly like a Dr. Pepper commercial or something. Like you know how they're reviving old movies for those now for various mm. commercials. Like Groundhog Day for uh, what was it during the Super Bowl? Oh, did he did Castaway and the Polar Express and Beowulf. Oh, a lot of those. And Christmas. So he pretty much did all those like motion capture CG movies that yep. didn't go so well. Which means you maybe don't want him doing Roger Rabbit too. Because <laughs> there'll be some weird motion capture CG'd. Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, Steve Carell movie looks like a nightmare. I mean, would <laughs> Jessica Rabbit even be a character in, in a movie? She would. She would probably be way less sexualized. Even though I think that's the point of her character. Well, yeah. Well, Disney I still haven't seen it. Is, is this movie on Disney Plus? Because yep, I finally have a Disney Plus account. It is on Disney Plus. Hmm. Now, Kevin, that. did What's you happen today? to get Disney Plus because of all the news about Disney Plus? No, I got it because my Black Friday deal with Hulu ended ah. uh, this year. And I said I might as well just get the Disney Plus uh, combo with ESPN Plus, too. I'm sure my mm. dad will like ESPN Plus or whatever. Right, right. And right. Stars Plus? Nope, not Stars Plus. Stars only abroad. What is in Stars? Yeah. I just know. I just saw oh, Star, it. Star, Star, Nosy. There's two stars. There's Stars here in the U.S., which is a sister brand of Showtime, I believe. And which there's, is? or no, not Showtime, of Cinem- of Cinemax. And then abroad, there's Star, which was a, a TV premium thing that existed that Disney bought in 2019. It is now integrating that brand into Disney Plus for abroad as kind of their house for all their Hulu content that's here in the U.S. Because Hulu is not a known name outside of this country. Oh. It's kind of like if there's an HBO, like, section of D- Disney Plus. Gotcha. Which I realize is sacrilegious to say because Warner Media and Disney, but you know. But then again, Roger Rabbit happened. You never know. Um, Jason, you want to talk about the Disney stuff? So many shows. Sure. So yeah, I um, guess we're while you guys were it. while you guys were watching content, I was watching the announcements of content. I was watching Hollywood sort of implode and explode and eat itself alive because there's Disney, there's Warner Media putting their entire slate onto HBO Max. There's a lot of the industry upending itself. Um, and I think, I mean, Warner's its own thing, honestly. Like the idea that, you know, all the movies are going to be available on HBO Max day and date with the theater releases or theatrical releases. So you can watch them at home if it's not safe. And I would recommend probably watching them at home because it's not safe, but they didn't bother telling anyone they were doing this. Apparently, like the, the, all the involved talent found out an hour in advance, which sucks because they get residuals and have all sorts of back deals about like the box office performance that now are basically undercut and they're losing their minds over it, understandably, because they, they got no warning. Like 
Christopher Nolan said something. Uh, Dennis, I blanked on his last name, but the guy that's doing Dune said something. Judd Apatow Hopper. said something. Like, nope, not Dennis Hopper. Uh, but Villeneuve or something like that. Yeah, there it is. So there's that whole upending. But I am very excited to be able to uh, actually watch Wonder Woman on Christmas Day in 4K. But there's that whole upending, and then there was. I mean, you're Disney, not going to watch like five days, on Christmas Day. Days. I'm going to watch. I'm, I'm hoping Disney Plus uploads <laughs> at watch nine, both. so I can. Yeah, I am. I'm hoping they one of the two networks or services uploads it at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, so I can watch one Christmas Eve, one Christmas Day. But we'll see. But anyway, so that was all happening, and that was more the business side. But then the consumer-facing side, like five days later, was Disney announcing 52 – that's five, two – new shows and projects. In the I got to bring, de- bring up the deadline article. All right. Yeah, it was 52 shows. I believe. Or no, it was, sorry, it wasn't 52 shows. It was 52 announcements and like 40 shows. Yeah, that makes more um, sense, but it was still announced, kind of shows. Yeah, but then they announced like, you know, they're raising the price of Disney Plus a dollar, which honestly, given how much content, yeah, given yep. the content, that's fine. And they're announcing things like Star Abroad and all that. So it's 52 pieces of news. But yeah, it was like this weird, well, it was competing with the Game Awards, which was a little odd because like a lot of that fan base overlaps. So I'm not sure who thought that was a good idea. But either way, we're, we at least can parse it out. So we have Disney Today and Game Awards on Ram Nintendo. But uh, it was like this three-hour-long, four-hour-long, like, Hall H at Comic-Con mixed with, like, an investor briefing mixed with, like, a Nintendo Direct store presentation thing. Which is the easiest way of doing it. It really was, actually, yeah. Um, it basically, like, they couldn't do G23, so they did this instead. And uh, they... They announced a few original projects coming to Hulu, coming to the various things. But I think the thing that really stuck out to everyone and that we're going to have a lot to talk about is basically – Sister Disney- Act 3. Correct. I was going to say Hocus Pocus 2, but sure, Sister Act 3. Uh, no, but the thing that really stuck out to Wait, me what, is – coming back? Yes, what? she is. Yeah, yeah. But what I was going to say is the, the thing that actually stuck out to me is – I haven't seen either of the first two, so actually don't – Yeah, me neither. So. <laughs> me, me neither. But I mean, uh, the thing that yeah, really stuck resist. out to me is – the timing of last episode when I was like, man, Mandalorian has all these backdoor pilots. They're going to make so many spinoffs to Disney then going, you bet we are, and announcing spinoffs yep. of everything. I mean, like, if you thought the MCU was going to be kind of crazy now to integrating TV series into it, just wait till they have the Star Wars streaming universe or the Pixar expanded universe, I guess, where, like, things that you don't think... I mean, it was getting to a point where, like, someone I saw on Twitter was like, Wondering what happened to Nick Fury's chair in the first Avengers? Well, check out Nick Fury's chair coming this fall to Disney. But like everything, like the dog from Up is getting a series. I don't know why. Like, what? Really? Yes. It's called Doug Days and it's about the dog from Up. I mean, why is <laughs> It's a Disney a... Plus series. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad. I just don't understand why. Like I mean, who you... looked at him going squirrel went, well, that was a moment. Let's make a series of it. Like what? Like what are they doing? <laughs> There's some cool stuff in there. I think but, the one like, I'm confused about the most extreme. is Baymax because there's already a Big Hero 6, the series that, you know, pretty much continues well, that's probably, the movie left that's, off. Well, I mean, it's the same as they're also making movies that are like extended universe. Like, you know, Toy Story is getting a spinoff called Lightyear and there's already Buzz's backstory. No, yeah, but, but, no, but this is going on right now. I mean, the... Oh well, Baymax isn't show. coming till twenty. The Star Baymax show, isn't like... coming till twenty twenty two. I don't think so. They're oh. gonna probably wrap that one first because what they're trying to do, which is very smart, is um they saw, and granted this is already motion also planned, but basically they they have seen apparently when they started putting like... Clone Wars things into the Mandalorian, 
Clone Wars views spiked on Disney+. Plus. So Disney's not only trying to make new things that make you want to subscribe and pumping out new content, but they're trying to like retroactively make old content relevant again. Like apparently Clone Wars is having the highest viewings it's ever had in its history because of Mandalorian. So now, you know, if they do like, okay, we'll make Baymax in 2022, they can wrap up Big Hero 6, the animated series, you know, give like a nine-month gap, start Baymax, and if people like Baymax, they'll go watch Big Hero 6. If like Big Hero 6, maybe they'll check out the animated series, and they all can kind of – they basically triple the content now, and all they need to do is produce one new show. So it's uh, it's a very – it's very Disney at its Disneyest. But it's interesting because there's a lot of things they announced, and some do look legitimately very cool. So I don't know if you guys want to go like category by category. Like, do I do Star Wars, Pixar, Marvel? Like, I don't know what you want to do, but there is some cool Just go category. Stuff. It's probably easier that way we don't. All right. Jump so, do you guys want to start with? Since we were talking about Star Wars, start with, oh, you want to start with Star Wars? Okay. I'm just gonna say it. Um, I think like like Star Wars is a good example of there being too many things. I think because like literally, it's things like uh, there's one I think is really cool. I'm really into Patty Jenkins doing Rogue Squadron the movie. I thought oh, her yes. sequences in Wonder Woman were really cool. Who's Patty Jenkins and, and why is that? Wonder Woman. She's the director of Wonder Woman, among other things. But um, oh. she – yeah, and she uh, – Rogue Squadron seems like something that could be a fun movie in the same way that Rogue One was a fun movie. Like kind of just like a totally different sort of vibe for Star Wars. Um, obviously, the Nintendo connection is kind of neat personally. I mean if but it's I like think, extended like, universe, she's a good fit. It's just – finally being adapted into a visual medium i guess I'm yeah sure it is on some level but and there's like stuff there is but i i think that um yeah i'm really actually looking forward to rogue squadron that should be really cool and like some of the spinoffs i get like you know the um i think there's some potential in the droid spinoff they're doing a droid story i think they're working with disney animation on that one maybe but basically it's gonna be like a cartoon like a cg cartoon mini series show or something no but it's about like what it's the life like of to like be, what it means to be a droid yes yes it, what it means to be a droid yeah no but it's it's, be about. it's a new droid alongside r2dt and c3po um and they haven't asked a droid but like i love bba he's one of my favorite things in the new trilogy so like if they were to do a, like a series of like you know 15 minute mini shows about like some droids and their silly adventures like sure why not like it's kind of like the uh you know the the um what if of marvel that they're doing as well where it's like this other format and it's kind of like these other stories that aren't necessarily directly tied to the main thing they're just kind of these little stories so like i'm okay with that and they're, they're also doing like an anime of star wars called visions which again it's a whole different medium it's a whole different approach it's gonna, it's gonna be an anthology series so it's just gonna be little vin- like little slices slice of life like star wars. so huh it's like the animatrix yeah actually yeah exactly um so yeah like stuff like that i'm i'm fine with but then they started doing some stuff like personally i was like all right if you're a fan of clone wars the bad batch spin them off to a series i get that okay that could be cool but like do we need two mandalorian spinoffs that all crisscross and then have episodes where they all come together like the cwdc shows like do we need that maybe we do Wait, i don't know it just do? seems like they're really what they haven't Why announced what come? they're gonna do but they announced Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka, and both of them are independent shows that are spun off off of things that have already happened in Mandalorian, which last episode, you know, I was saying, oh, they're backdooring all these pilots, but then they're all going to come back together and, like, culminate. Like, basically, what they're doing that I think is sort of the weird thing to me is they're taking the MCU template and they're applying it to every property they have. 
And that just seems like not every property needs that much depth. Like, okay, you can do a series about Obi-Wan Kenobi and bring back Hayden Christensen and have him be Darth Vader and set it 10 years after episode 3. Fine. But is it going to like be like, oh, if you watch that, you now have to also watch Lando, the other new thing they're doing with they don't even have any announced which Lando's playing Lando. Like, is it Glover? I think they said. It... I think they said uh, Billy D. Williams. Oh, it's gonna be him. Yeah. Okay. Well, because then, like, at that point, it's like, all right, is there gonna be something? Because I was gonna say, if it was um, Don Glover, Glover. they go like do some weird thing where now if you have to watch Lando to watch, you know, to fully experience um, Obi Wan, like, you know, it gets. I have it's... a bone to pick with some <laughs> of the with some of the naming conventions that they did for this. Yeah. So. The... So ah- Ahsoka makes sense. They're not gonna call. It, they're not gonna call it Star Wars Tano. They're gonna call it Star Wars Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Uh, then with Cassian Andor, uh, Diego Luna's Diego Luna's uh, character from Rogue One, which I'm actually looking. I, I see a lot of people that are like, well, "Do we really need this?" And like, I agree, I, we don't. But I'm looking forward to it because I really like Diego Luna in that role. I think of the Rogue Batch One. as a big Rogue One fan. Like, I'm I a very big Rogue fan One. of him as a person. He, he just seems like a really awesome. I think oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. Um, he came out of Conan in the He Mexico did when episode. Conan went to Mexico for his yeah. travel show, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, like, because I love Rogue, Rogue One Conan. so much, like, do watch Conan. Because <laughs> I love Rogue One so much, <laughs> so much, like, I do think, like, that one could be very interesting. And that's the thing is, like, there's so many of these. I'm kind of like, ah, oh, it's so much, and why do they all exist? But in the same way that you and I kind of like, oh yeah, like I like Rogue One. Maybe this could be cool. He seems cool. I'm sure someone's like, oh, the Obi Wan one's gonna be great, or the Lando one's gonna be great. But the the part that bothers me is they insist on intertwining them. It feels like, and it's just like you can do like a million spinoffs, like the Pixar ones. Seem well, to be right. Well, better, to be fair, but... right now it only seems like Ahsoka and Rangers of the New Republic are gonna be the ones that intertwine. Because right now, the, the, yeah. Well, right now. Well, oh, excluding yeah. no, all yeah, the Marvel absolutely stuff, right now, and all the Marvel stuff is already intertwined. Yeah, all that stuff's intertwined already. Oh, but yeah. but still, let me yeah, go on my little rant. Sorry, the naming. Sorry. Um, so that makes sense. Then there's Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi. Why not just call it Star Wars Kenobi? Yeah. Or Star Wars. Oh, I'd even be fine with Star Wars Obi Wan. Why? Why his entire name? Why? It makes you know, no sense. Other, Star Wars other. Lando. That makes sense. It does. Uh, not only that, but I think they're calling these shows Star Wars subtitles when the Mandalorian is just the Mandalorian. It's not Star Wars the Mandalorian. It's just the Mandalorian. Yep. That is true. Uh, again, because it's part of that extended universe. But you know what they're doing, actually? And this, and it was really weird because when they're announcing each show, I'm like, why are they all just names? Like, you know, if you look at the Marvel sides, like Loki and like, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the only one that has like an interesting like name is WandaVision, and that's like a TV show sign name. And then when I realize what really hones in that they're MCUing everything is the MCU, and you don't really think about it, but all the movies are just the names of the characters, right? Iron Man, Thor, Ant Man, uh, you know, that sort of thing. They're taking literally they're they're cookie cuttering that template so closely that now the Star Wars movies are all just the names of the characters. And like the Pixar stuff, mm, is actually, that's like the Rangers Disney of the New Republic, stuff. the Bad Batch, Visions, the Acolyte. Yeah, that's fair. But the 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 character driven ones, I guess. Get owned. Yeah, I got owned. No, but it just feels like like it that to me jumps out as the thing. Well, what else are you going to call a show with Obi Wan Kenobi? I don't know. Well, apparently, either Obi Wan or Kenobi, but not <sighs> Obi Wan Kenobi. Does it? No, I don't know. It's just a bad like, example. And I'm not. I don't know. I'm not saying that like they should come up with better names. What I'm saying though is it, it to me reflects on how they're MCUing Star Wars. Like, and they're MCUing the Disney animated shows. Cause we haven't talked about those, but like 
Baymax. It's not called like Big Hero Six something something. It's Baymax. And then like they're doing um, the Princess from Princess and the Frog. Well, yeah, that's okay. But they're doing Princess from Princess (laughs) and the Frog. That's just called her name. I forgot her name. Wow. Thank you. Uh, Listen, the only thing I remember from Princess and the Frog, besides it being really nice 2D animation, was the trumpet playing uh, crocodile, who's like the best character. Uh, But. yeah, I don't know. It just feels like it's so like yeah, and then like Moana's getting a series now, and I'm sort of jumping all right, over. We're, place. we're, jumping, my point we're is, jumping all over. I know the place. my point is like all these characters are just suddenly getting things, and I get it from an IP perspective. This is how you really quickly grow your base and get people into it, and you know you leverage the fandom that exists. But it just feels so like yeah, they did this at the MCU. Now they're doing it with Star Wars. Now they're doing it with Disney, with animation, et cetera, et cetera. And okay, yeah, all right. So keep going. Star Wars. Where were we? Star Wars. We were on Star Wars. So, yeah. So the two spinoffs for uh, Mandalorian, we already talked about. Uh, one is you're right. One is not just a character's name, which to be fair is is a plus. Um, but then they're also doing like I was saying, Bad Batch, which could be cool. Uh, Andor, we were just talking about, which I think um, also has potential. Uh, they're doing one called the Acolyte. The Acolyte. Um, yeah. It's from the creator of Russian Doll, which might be kind of interesting because I've heard that's very good on Netflix. Yeah, same. But I've never seen it. This one I'm kind of interested in because this is sort of – it's different from all the others in the sense of it's not piggybacking off an existing character or plot. It's not being like a sort of uh, slice of life like, hey, here's like a random vignette or like here's a droid thing. Like it's about the dark side in the High Republic era. Like it's a whole – like the other side of the coin and it's going to be like an actual series set in that like – Kind of, I guess the seedy underbelly at that point, or whatever you want to call it, um, and that could be interesting because that's like a whole different sort of world building they can do. That's not leveraging existing stuff. That's not a slice of something that's just going to be a one off. So that, to me, is potentially the most interesting of the of the shows. Just because, well, really I don't think the High like, Republic has ever been seen on screen either. That's true, actually. Yeah. So there's the double whammy of that. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. that to me is they have the most freedom to do what they want like that like when they announce like for example I know people love or hate episode eight but Ryan Johnson when they announced he was doing his own trilogy and it was gonna be set somewhere else in the galaxy I was like oh okay like totally separate story totally separate thing not tied <laughs> to the Skywalker saga you know like it's even not Rogue tied Squadron. to Jedi either anything it's just in that same universe yeah you know maybe it's just like about like some entirely new thing I don't know completely but completely like, far removed from Star Wars if possible. Just like, like a slice of life set on Earth, but it's like, nope, this is in the Star Wars. Strange universe. how they didn't. Strange how they didn't show any new Star Wars movies. They did Rogue Squadron. Oh, that's true. Uh, this deadline article doesn't have Rogue Squadron. Oh yeah, Rogue Squadron's there. It's coming out December twenty twenty three. They also reconfirmed that uh, your boy Taika is going to be making a Star Wars movie. Oh what? Yeah, it's uh, it was first announced back in May or June, I think. Oh, but yeah, it's, it's in that. development. You may know him as the director of uh, Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit. Oh. Yeah, so that's going to be a – like, and, and see, I'm excited about that because that tonally is going to be very different than everything else. Like all these other ones fit like pre-existing tones and pre-existing things. Like I like the idea of them exploring stars in new ways, not just expanding what we already saw. And I again, I get why they're expanding what we already saw because that's easy – you basically lock in the fans day one and you, you know, it's, if you like this, you'll like that. It's super easy. Like they don't need to build a recommendation algorithm on Disney plus. They just literally point to the spinoffs, but, um, the other stuff where it actually could be totally different or totally its own thing. That I think is much more interesting of announcements. And, and to your point about everything having stars in front of it, like the fact that the, uh, 
Acolyte does not say Star Wars the Acolyte. It's just called the Acolyte. It makes me think it's going to be its own separate thing in the same way the Mandalorian was its own thing. And then they started stacking things on top of it. So, so we'll see. But, um, yeah, so that, I, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts about Star Wars. That's the Star Wars side. Um, this is the most I've interest, been interested in Star Wars in a long time. Me too. Me too. I think I honestly think that them wrapping up. It's funny because like me too. Even though I was just venting about it, but like honestly, I think them wrapping up the Skywalker saga and trying like different directions is what's most exciting. Like some of the stuff is you know still in that story arc. Obviously, Anakin is in in Obi Wan Kenobi is directly a Skywalker, but like just like not trying to keep doing what they do with Episode Seven Eight Nine. We're like, oh, but. And then this happens, like just being like, all right, that's over. We could fill in some holes as we want, but we're also going to explore other angles. That that's yeah. exciting, yeah. Um, so that that's Star Wars, and also Lucasfilm is doing other stuff too. Uh, it had its whole its own section. So Indiana Jones Five was confirmed again. It's the final Indiana Jones, but they said nothing beyond that. And Willow, as we talked about when Angel talked about Willow here on QC, is getting a, uh, a series in twenty twenty one or two. And oh, it's a uh, show. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a miniseries. Oh. Huh. Or maybe it's a full-on show. Yeah, because yeah, pi- yeah, the pilot was directed by uh, John M. Chu of Fast and Furious and Crazy Rich Asians. Fast and Furious? No. What? Yeah. Didn't he direct no. Fast and Furious? Nope. Yeah, he did. Didn't he? Or no, he did. Yeah, he did. He did like the later Fast and Furiouses. Nope. You're thinking of James Wan. No. Nope. He has never done Oh, you're right. He has never you're right. done that. I am. You're right. He did. Jeez. He did. Uh, GI Joe apparently and step up. Yeah, you're right. I got mixed up. Wow. Yeah, I got mixed up. Oof, embarrassing. Anyway, so that is the Lucasfilm side. Should we do Marvel or should we do Pixar? What do you guys want to do next? Don't even ask. Just start with one. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's just let's just do Marvel. Get it out of the way. Marvel's the one that feels the most logical of what's already happened. Like Marvel's the one I have the least problems with because they already established that this is how they do Marvel. So it doesn't feel like they're like trying to retrofit a different formula on, but they're going all in on it. So like, I don't know if you guys saw trailers for any of the stuff they showed. I didn't because because I am a huge MCU fan, so I didn't want to be spoiled for anything. Fair. So for those who are curious, um, there are trailers out there for WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki. They're all out within the first half of 2021. They'll be all out by June. WandaVision, I'm not going to spoil anything, but WandaVision I think looks the coolest of the bunch because it's really playing with the format. I, I take... did see the original trailer that they showed for WandaVision. Okay, yeah. That does yeah, cool. so I'm, I'm really into the fact that like Marvel's first foray into an MCU TV show, not to be confused with the sh- with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was a TV show set in the MCU. Uh, you know what I mean by like the difference there? But um, the fact that they're playing with the fact that they're on a TV, like that it is a TV show is really kind of cool because like it looks like – Falcon and Winter Soldier, from what they showed, um, is like a six-part miniseries, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Loki is kind of its own. It feels like a spinoff from the trailer versus something that ties in more directly. Um, so we'll see. I mean, from there, they do Hawkeye. That comes late 2021. Um, and they have a whole second slate of shows that they didn't show anything, but they have um, they have one starring John Cheadle, uh, Armor Wars. Armor Wars, is, yep. Yeah. Um, it's going to be something about Tony Hark's biggest fears, but not actually involved. Did I just say Tony Hawk, Tony Stark, but not actually involve uh, Robert Downey Jr., it seems. And then they're doing uh, Secret Invasion, which is what happens with Sam Jackson now that he's on a ship. And then they have uh, Ironheart, which is the one I know least about, to be honest. But that one was announced, too. Riri Williams. Yeah. At one yeah. point in the comics, uh, Tony dies, and so 
Riri Williams takes up the mantle of Iron Man. Uh, she calls herself Ironheart, and she has a AI Tony Stark with her. Interesting. Huh. I wonder if they'll get him to record lines for that. Uh hmm. Because he sort of already said he's going to come back in some capacity. So I think that was for Black Widow. Oh right, right. Um, yeah. Which interestingly still going to be in theaters in May. No Disney Plus release. Very clearly, as you look at like Disney's lineup here of however many shows. So Warner Brothers took the approach of, you know, we're just going to do everything. It's 2021's a write-off. Let's just squeeze whatever money we can out of it by getting uh, HBO Max subscriptions and not worry about the long-term ramifications because we're AT&T and we don't know how to do things without thinking about, you know, we don't do things. We don't worry about consequences. That seems to be their motto. I mean, they bought DirecTV and completely tanked it. Uh, so unlike Warner, which is doing that, Disney Plus is actually – or Disney's picking and choosing what to put in theaters. So the big budget stuff, like the big popcorn flick stuff – that's all going to still be in theaters. The stuff that they don't have as much faith in, including a lot of the live action remakes like Peter Pan and Wendy and Pinocchio, those are now going to be on Disney Plus. And then there's some that will be in both, like the next um, Disney animation movie, I'm forgetting what it's called, Something in the Dragon, which is going to be a premiere access tile on Disney Plus and in select theaters. So they're kind of, they're not doing the Warner, like everything goes. They're kind of doing this weird amount, like this weird, like trial and error approach. Um, We'll see if that works for them, but it, I don't know how I got on this side tangent, but I just thought it was kind of interesting that they're taking such different approaches, Disney and Warner. But yes, that's only half the shows that Marvel has in the works. The other half is already announced Moon Knight, uh, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk. What's interesting about those is they confirm that, uh, Mark Ruffalo is going to be in She-Hulk, Miss Marvel's, uh, star is going to end up in Captain Marvel 2. So like they really are doing the whole interweaving thing. Really disappointed that they didn't uh, announce the lead actor for Moon Knight because there was rumors that it was going to be um, oh what's his name Oscar Isaac. Well, he which, he which is I solid see. snake. Oscar Isaac in uh, in the MCU that'd be awesome. That would be really cool. He is solid snake as well. They just announced yeah, that movie's never going to happen. You don't think so? No, God no. That's that's never going to happen. I mean, I thought that for the Uncharted movie, and then there was uh, Tom Holland at the Game Awards going like, hey, I mean, I'm filming Uncharted. They want to involve Kojima, but they also don't Kojima? want to do with them. I, well, also the fan, don't, the, I also don't like the director of, uh, of the Metal Did you like Soldier. Kong uh, Skull Island? Because he's the director of that. Oh, yeah. yeah, No, that movie's fine. He just turns out to be not a very Savory good person. person. Oh, uh, there's some allegations out there. And oh boy. two, yeah. he very adamantly believes that he is going to be directing this movie, even though it a it's never going to happen. And <laughs> he, when the Black Widow trailer came out, he was like so offended. He's like, "This is just Metal Gear." Like, dude, you're not gonna you're not gonna make this movie. Like, just I mean, stop. So, who cast Oscar Isaac then? What happened? Like, what studio cast Oscar Isaac if the movie's not happening? Like, or is oh, it just I'm gonna sure, be in development oh, hell? I'm studios like cast and and uh, hire directors all the time. That doesn't mean that it's going to happen. True, it could be in development hell for a while. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, it's going to stay in development hell for as long as we're we're alive. (laughs) All right, fair. Anyways, keep going. Um, yeah, so that that's what's coming to MCU. The one thing that caught my eye again, I think, because it's just kind of a well, this one's a little different, but they're doing a (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special in 2022, inspired by the Star Wars holiday special. Cool. So parody of that. that? Um, they're get, well, it's a parody, but they're going to be filming it in tandem with Volume 3. Uh, James Gunn will be doing it. And they also announced that Groot is getting his own little mini-series thing. 
called it's like a series of short films i guess called i am groot again that kind of feels like the droid thing to me like it's just kind of these little silly little things so that that could be kind of cool which is also something that pixar's doing that's kind of interesting is they're doing one um i think it's called popcorn or something like that and uh it's just gonna be little vignettes about pixar popcorn yeah it's gonna be little like bits little short starring characters you know which is what i feel like doug day should have been they don't need a whole show about the dog they could just do shorts about the dog um but we'll see what characters pop up it starts streaming next month uh popcorn so but i didn't even mention the marvel movies which uh the most normal part of the conversation of all of this is you know there's another ant-man coming there's uh i love the name strange coming quantumania um, i love it yeah it's a pretty good name i I love how this next phase of movies with some exceptions uh are going a little wacky with with the uh with the naming because you have Amman, the Wasp, Quantumania, you have Thor, Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I love it. Yeah, I it's, it's uh, they are definitely in Brit. I think they saw how well they were able to pivot Thor and their oh, yeah, absolutely. and how well Guardians of the Galaxy does is kind of a looser, sillier thing. And I think they're just leaning all the way in on that because they, they see because the, the, the biggest complaint about Marvel movies for a long time and what kind of hurt the DC movies was the whole like it's so dark and serious and brooding and blah because that was the tone that you know the dark knights really and batman begins set as kind of like this is what like good superhero cinema is so they all sort of went in on that at least outward facing even though like you know obviously marvel movies has some silly moments but i feel like now they're sort of reacting to that a little and sort of course correcting so it is leading to leading to some kind of sillier cooler naming and themes and ideas right which i'm all for yeah um, they also announced, interestingly, not surprisingly, but interestingly, that uh, Fantastic Four is now officially in the MCU, and it'll be directed by the Spider-Man director. So excited for that. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. The, this announcement was actually getting a lot of hate, because apparently a lot of people don't like Far From Home. Really? I really enjoy I, Far From I, Home. I love Far From Home. Oh, Should fun. we talk about all the casting news about the next Spider-Man? Now, they didn't mention oh. the next Spider-Man in the presentation, but... <laughs> I guess it's... really quickly, let's talk about it. It's, uh, I mean, Andrew, you were talking about Spider-Verse before. This is the live-action Spider-Verse, like, straight up. So it's they already have... inferior. <laughs> In your mind, yes. It In my opinion. <laughs> but, yeah, they already have Doc Ock back from the Tobey Maguire ones. They have Jamie Foxx playing Electric. So these aren't necessarily, so they haven't said that these are necessarily the same characters from those movies. That's true. They just said they've brought them on. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jamie Foxx slipped up on his Instagram when they first brought him on and made a reference to how it's, like, basically the multiverse the spider-verse situation um and now there's rumblings that they have basically closed deals with andrew garfield and emma stone and they're working on toby mcguire they're yep. getting close so it's full-on I, I don't have any faith that this movie's gonna be good but this is uh getting me hyped for sure yeah and and then the the tie-in here is dr strange is gonna fill the tony stark sort of mentor role now that um, Robert Downey Jr. is out of the franchise, and that opens up the door to making this multiverse really happen. And that kind of bothers me because – so so uh, Homecoming was, was very dependent on Tony, and I didn't mind that. I know a lot of people did because, like, oh, Spider-Man should be his own character. But, you know, this is this is a much younger Spider-Man than the ones that we've seen before, so of course he's going to need some sort of mentor. And mm-hmm. Far From Home was, was all about the fallout from Endgame and how he doesn't have Tony anymore. And that movie ended, like – with Peter sort of realizing that he doesn't need to live in the shadow of Tony. And now he'll be in the shadow of Doctor Strange. Yeah, and now the fact (laughs) that they said, oh yeah, and now he's going to be mentored by Doctor Strange, is like, well, didn't we just get off this boat? That he he does need somebody? So that kind of bothers me. 
I do wonder if they're using Mentor loosely because it may be that Doctor Strange just provides answers to what's going on with the multiverse and helps kind of guide through that versus like a, you know, here's how to be a hero type of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I would hope that they would do that instead. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it is kind of funny that they <laughs> – like you're an independent guy except now here's this other character to sort right. of guide you. Oh, um, you you didn't you didn't talk about Hawkeye, which is the thing that oh, I'm right. most excited about. Yes, because they're introducing um, Haley Seinfeld, Seinfeld as. Uh, Ooh, I love. At, yeah, said, I thought she was great in Bumblebee. I, I really have, liked her in Bumblebee. Oh, not even that. I just have the biggest crush on her. Oh, I just really liked her in Bumblebee. <laughs> and B, uh, hot, this Hawkeye going by the logo is going to take inspiration from the Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye, which is widely considered as one of the best comic book runs of i guess like the last 10 years has it been 10 years since the fraction run came out? But, <laughs> no dude the, the matt fraction run of of hawkeye is is so good it's it's its own special little story it's oh man i gotta reread that one of these days it's so great i do think um i do think one really nice thing about what the mcu has achieved and now that obviously i kept saying oh they're cookie cutting it with stars but it is cool is that even for Star Wars. And it's cool even in how, like, FX is getting the Alien show now. And, like, Disney's basically doing this to every brand they have. But I think it's really cool. It's Also, it's really weird that Disney owns Aliens now, but that's the world we live in. Uh, but it's, it's really cool that the way these franchises have been accepted in, like, the zeitgeist and the depth at which they can now go allows them to do stuff like a multiverse or do stuff like multiple people playing the you know like they can transition hawkeye like the whole hawkeye series is about Haley steinfeld's character becoming the new hawkeye essentially and you know like uh falcon and winter soldier is about falcon now has that shield and everything so it's it's really cool that we're getting to the point where they can do these deeper more frankly convoluted storylines and actually have them make sense and have them kind of digestible in these different ways and then sort of intertwine them while I don't think everything needs to be intertwined, the fact that they are able to do that and have people be able to follow it along and have it in these high-budget ways versus just like a comic book is really cool. Like, and it took a lot of groundwork by like Kevin Fe Fe Feige, Feige, whatever his name is, um, to be able to get audiences like mainstream, not people that follow comic books, not people that know the ins and outs of this stuff, audiences to kind of get on board with that. And now that's sort of established, like, this is how franchises can be. It is cool that they're able to explore other angles of stuff across other franchises using this template. As annoying as it also is, if that makes sense. Like, it's cool they have the option to do it. I don't think they always need to take the option, but I think it's really cool that they're able to do this now and have it kind of be this thing. Where right. the, you know, so. Um, the one that probably needs it least, though, is like the, like I was saying, like the Pixar stuff, honestly. Like, I still don't think doug days needs to exist i get why cars exist wow. they're doing a cars series okay well, let's get it let's get into the pixar yeah. stuff then yeah so i understand why cars exists cars is their Nerdy. exactly is the single biggest uh ip they merchandise out so if you can make cars you, you cowards cars, didn't see the planes movies we did we should talk about that we did watch angel and i watched cars one two and three back to back to back cars two is whew, but three actually i kind of liked and one wasn't bad Angel, how bad was Cars 2? That was pretty bad. Um, set Pieces Wise was pretty cool. Um, we saw a car die. That was actually pretty dark. Yeah, actually, um, Cars 2 is super dark. Cars 3. Cars 2 was two. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. The, that oil rig. <laughs> well, not just that. No, throughout the movie, they treat... So Cars 2, for those who haven't seen it, is literally a James Bond movie, but in Cars, which means all the tropes are there. There's... Like a gambling scene, if I remember correctly, there's people being killed. Like it's full on, but they can get away with all of it because like the cars. only time we actually see a car straight up like die. Like they yeah. literally have them like 
they hook him up to a machine where he has to look, I guess, like, overpower his, like, motor, and he just, like, blows up, and they show it. They do a, they and, do a dino test on him and overrun his engine and, and yeah. literally explode him. Yeah. Don't remember that? Yeah, that, that happened. I remember <laughs> trying to push that movie from my memory when I saw it. And, and like, like even, they even have whoa. the cars drinking alcohol, essentially. Like, ethanol alcohol. I guess that's the, the connection there. But, like, they go to the bar, they order drinks. Like, it's straight up a James Bond movie, but they could get away with all that in a G or PGA movie because they're vehicles. And don't think about how the vehicles are able to do this. Just accept that they are. Hate it still because it's not good. But then be kind of impressed that Disney made a surprisingly, like, normal, like, spy movie with violence, but with cars. It's really strange. It's also <laughs> really bad. It's really bad. I don't know why yeah. they thought Mater being the main character made sense. I mean, like, literally, Lightning McQueen plays second film. I mean, I mean, well, kids it, love him. It's the same thing with um, with Dory. They thought moving a movie around Dory would be a good idea, and then but Dory, like Finding out. Dory, wasn't. So I haven't seen Finding Dory as bad as Finding Nemo. Like, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not as bad. It's definitely not. Yeah. What was weird about Finding Dory is they basically followed the same story beats. They just flipped around the story. That's true. That one was more pointless than bad. Yeah, it just kind of was. It was. It was not part in the pun. Treading water, but um, Cars Two was just. I don't know. It was weird because Cars. If you went from Cars One to Cars Three, it'd actually be a really good, like, pretty tight story of these. You know, Lightning McQueen rising up lightning mcqueen sort of sunsetting his career like kind of the bookends cars 2 just felt like cars 2 felt like what a tv show of cars could be like you're in the world and you're just doing random other stuff just to sell merch like if disney plus existed when cars 2 came out it would have made more sense as a show i think like as like a weird spin-off show but as like the second one in that trilogy that now exists um it was very tonally weird um but watching all of them back to back to back is definitely an experience minus the planes movies Cowards. Well, again, that's, not by, Pixar. For every single time that's not by Pixar, though. So if we were doing it, the, ta- the it Pixar takes it takes vision, place it takes place in the Cars universe. But, oh, I can't believe that's a the, phrase. The cars <laughs> are bugs. I mean, the bugs See, are no, cars. That, that, that's the thing. That's the thing that's so weird is that phrase of it Why? takes place in the X universe is now true for everything Disney makes. And again, it's cool that culture is at that point, but also like really, really so. Um, but yeah, so a car show actually does make sense to me. I think if they want to do more weird spy stuff in a cars TV show, go for it. Make make your money, Disney. Go sell some toys. Um, but what's actually kind of nice about the Pixar stuff is they also announced original things. So Pixar's actually doing an original IP as a show called Win or Lose about a softball team in middle school, I think. A middle school softball team. So that's kind of interesting um, just because oh. they're actually letting Pixar do original stuff. And even on the movie side – And this yes, seems like the most normal – yeah, unless, right? unless I didn't see, unless there was a trailer that that there wasn't no. says otherwise, but it <laughs> seems mean, like a lose, very. It's not coming out till twenty twenty three and uh, fall of twenty twenty three. Okay, so, so anything could change. Yeah. It could be in, that, it could take place in space or against intergalactic aliens. So exactly, who knows? But it is you know it is interesting that they get to make an original series. They are making original movies along with you know uh, the Blightyear movie, which we'll talk about in a sec. They're making um, one called Luca. Literally, it's just all we know is it's about a kid named Luca. And there's another called Turning Red, which is about um, – I'm just going to read the – so I'm, I'm getting all this off The Verge. They have a nice summary, so I'm just going to read The Verge's explanation. Turning Red, about a 13-year-old girl going through puberty that transforms into a giant red panda when she gets excited, is in development. I feel like there's an anime that – there's an anime that sounds exactly like this. I mean it could be adapted. It wasn't Big Hero 6 – well, that was Disney Animation, but that was adapted from a comic, right? So Very, very loosely adapted from a comic. Well, yeah, yeah. So maybe this is very loosely adapted from anime. But, but it is nice that 
Pixar still gets to do their original stuff even while they're doing Cars, Doug Day, uh, Popcorn, and I forgot to mention they also are continuing their Spark Shorts, which already exist on Disney Plus, yeah, I think. Those are great. I don't know what those are. Yeah, those are it's cool. Pretty those much, are also like it, original stories, right? They're pretty much shorts that you would see before a Pixar or Disney movie, except they're just releasing them without a movie. Oh, that's cool. Without mm-hmm. without having them being at the front of a Pixar movie. Yeah, and they're yeah. just as unique and creative and pretty awesome. There's a really good one I saw. I forgot what it's called, but it's about two robots. You know what I'm talking about, Angel? Yeah. Robots on a train. It's kind of very Wally-esque. And I think it's from some of the same people, which might be why, but I really like that one. Um, but yeah, they're all really good. And it's kind of cool that, you know, even as theaters aren't as much of a thing and there's not as many, you know, ways for Disney to put a short in front of a movie, they're still giving them an outlet to put these shorts. And then right. simultaneously milking them like crazy with the popcorn shorts, which are the same thing, just with characters you know. So, but yeah, do you want to talk about Lightyear, Angel? Toy Story spinoff about Buzz in his early days? I mean, we pretty much said what we need to say. Uh, it's weird that it exists because... I mean, I guess it's not weird. I mean, we already have like that origin story with that whole Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Yeah, it is really old, so most kids probably don't even know it exists. The fact that it's being played by um, Chris Evans is, is kind of weird. I mean, they're like, oh, it's not the same Buzz Lightyear, but I mean, yeah, that doesn't mean the voice has to be different, but I mean, I'm sure... Wait, it, do, it, you it, know, it, do you know what Lightyear is based on? Yeah, it's just what? um, it's just a fictional spaceman that they made a whole series on for the cartoon. Okay, yeah, because you're making it sound like, because this is the origin, uh, this is the, the man behind Lightyear, not necessarily Buzz Lightyear's character. The, so, the way that you're making it sound, it, it makes it sound like you think that this is Buzz Lightyear. No, it is. Buzz Lightyear is being voiced by Chris Evans. No, hold on, hold on. Buzz Lightyear, the so in the in the toys universe, the Toy Story universe, Buzz Lightyear, the the toy is based off a real person. This is what that movie. This is the movie about that real person. Oh, he's like the a, a Buzz Aldrin, if you will. Yes. So, so this real person pretty much inspired a toy and series and all the that toy line. Okay, yes. all right. Yeah, so that, you're right. The original right. Buzz Lightyear. Okay. That actually makes it way more interesting. Yeah, I yeah yeah that that makes it way yeah right, that makes way more sense. Yeah, the the way that the Verge has it right here, an origin story for Buzz Lightyear is very yeah, it's not sounds it's extremely not good. reaching for like a let, let's make a another movie in the Toy Story universe. Well, this, but, and I mean, this just... angel is my point exactly of like it they're trying it's so like not subtle how they're just trying to milk everything. And sometimes it works out with something cool. Like, this could be really good. Like, I thought Toy Story 4 was unnecessary, and then I saw it and really liked it a lot and thought I had some of the strongest side characters. But, uh, yeah, it's just it – just, it's so transparent that there's, like, money, money, money. <laughs> but whatever. It gets people to watch. It could be a really interesting story. It could have been – you know, it could be, like, how Dinosaur Plant became Star Fox Adventures with Rare and Nintendo. Like, here's an original thing. Wait, why don't we make this – here, spin the story a little, make it fit this character that already exists, and then we can get you a bigger audience. So there's two ways of potentially looking at this. Um and then there's Disney Animation, which we sort of already touched on, but uh, also like Pixar, Disney's continuing to let them do original stuff. So yes, they have Baymax. Yes, they have Zootopia Plus, which is a weird name. So you're watching Zootopia Plus on Disney Plus, I guess. Um, they have Tiana. They have Moana. Um, and then they have two original ones, uh, en- Encanto, which is a movie in Colombia. In Lim- oh. Encanto, uh, no. you gringo. Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. yeah, like well, I mean, I was, like the Canto. Listen, like, listen. I yes, it's a Canto. <laughs> um, but Lin Manuel Miranda is gonna be doing the music for it, like he did for Moana, and uh, I Iwaju, I think, which is a uh, 
original series that they're making in partnership with another company. And all this stuff that we've been talking about is over the next like three years. So yes, it's like 10 of each, you know, 10 Pixar, 10 animation, 10 Star Wars, 10 Marvel, but it's over a pretty long period of time. And they're also making an Ice Age series for Disney Plus because weirdly Disney owns Ice Age as well, which sounds strange to say. Almost as strange as Aliens. Um, so that's what Disney announced. Uh, we spent, I mean, technically like, they announced a little bit more. What am I forgetting? Uh, the Will Smith and Chris Hemsworth show. Oh, yeah, the National Geographic show they're doing. Yeah. 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 And it's also interesting to watch them keep like circling around the same talent. Like, uh, you know, they know Chris Evans is a good guy and everyone liked him as Captain America. So let's put him in Lightyear and let's put him in the National Geographic show. Or like Rosario, Rosario Dawson is in uh, Mandalorian as uh, Ahsoka. And they're like, cool, let's put her in her spinoff and let's give her a Hulu show. Like she's starring in a Hulu show opposite a couple other big names. So it's kind of interesting how they're sort of going back to the same well of talent to get all this going and to sort of had like insulate themselves so they can just keep using the same people and presumably knock in a situation like warner where yes they have chris nolan and yes they have all this talent they always lean on but they completely blindside them and basically didn't nurture that talent when they did the um streaming on day one announcement so disney at least is good at taking care of their people i guess is a better way to put it didn't know um, that uh noah holly was going to be doing the aliens tv show that's actually very exciting because Noah Hawley is the showrunner for Fargo and Legion, and yeah, those are two very, very good shows. I haven't watched either, but I've heard that they're very good at adapting their source material and running with it. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty interesting. And um, I'm apparently Ridley Scott is overseeing it in some capacity, so... Oh, well, there goes all my hopes. <laughs> yeah, so I was about to say, it could either be, you know, a good sign if he sticks to the OG aliens, or it could be kind of weird if he goes uh, Prometheus and Covenant route. Although, honestly, I didn't mind Prometheus. Covenant was weird, but Prometheus, like, it was different, but I, I was okay with it. <sighs> but yeah, so that's all the Disney stuff. That was literally half an hour of us just running through announcements. That's how much they announced. <laughs> uh, but it's, I mean, it's cool to, like, know all this is coming, but at the same time, again, I just, I wish there's some more original stuff in there. I think we only named, like, four original things from the studio, five maybe, from the studios we know. They're, well, Marvel, doing a bunch well of stuff, Marvel but... can't really have anything original unless they just straight up make an original character, which I doubt that they would ever do. Oh, uh, true, true. Yeah, that's fair. I shouldn't include Marvel in that. Yeah. Star but... Wars. I mean, really, the only original stuff that you're ever going to get from Disney now is just the Disney side of things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, fair, fair. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, so I yeah, guess we um, did get like, and for that to be fair, it was about a sixty forty split, old new. So that's not bad. Yeah, that's a and lot I'll, of content I'll, to consume. <laughs> on the Marvel side, Hawkeye is definitely what I'm most excited for. The Lucasfilm side, uh, I guess Andor. I'm really excited for Rogue Squadron. And then on the Disney cool. side, I'm I, I'm gonna count Pixar as the Disney part too. Uh, that Buzz Lightyear movie sounds pretty cool. I uh. Wouldn't it be funny if after all this, I'm like, I'm really can't wait for Doug days, given how much I was bashing that. <laughs> Do you not like Doug? I like Doug. I don't understand how you make a whole series out of a, a dog that goes squirrel. That's literally his only thing he does. Like, well, well, I, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna show you every th the, the other things that he does. I, get, I just feel like it would be better as one of those Pixar popcorn shorts. Because, uh, I mean, that was like the big like repetitive joke, but I mean, he did more than yeah. that. He well, yeah, but I mean, like, he's not, yeah, but my point is, like, he's not, to me, that interesting of a character. <laughs> I but feel like there's very better, he is because of Squirrel, yeah. Um, but I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like that's going to be an animated version of Lassie, essentially. That's my guess. Which I'm, I'm, I'm fine with. Yeah, but it just seems like, like, that to me seems like they could have, I don't know, done, I, I don't know. 
I guess only I think it would have been great to give him a couple of popcorn shorts and then move on. But they're gonna do a whole series. So anyway. But for the most part, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff coming out of Disney. Some of it may be unnecessary, but a lot of it is pretty cool. And it yeah. So that, that that's what I've been doing the last two weeks. I felt like all those announcements, even though they're in the span of three hours, felt like two weeks worth of What news. is Raya and the Last Dragon? Is that this is... another Disney original movie like Moana? Yeah, oh, and that okay. comes out in March, and that's the one that's going to be on premiere access on Disney Plus and in theaters simultaneously. So does that mean they is... have no confidence in Soul compared to this one? I think they have no confidence in theaters being open for Soul. Then why I think they have confidence... this other one? That isn't going to be in theaters anyway. I think because they are trying to smooth over relationships with their theater partners a little better than Warner did. Um, I think they are basically telling the theaters, hey, listen, screen our movie. We will have it on Disney Plus as well, but don't worry. People have to pay more than if they just came to your theater. Hmm. I think they're trying to sustain – like keep that relationship going. So when the when Black Widow comes out, when the fourth phase of MCU stuff hits, like they can still have every theater – be fully on when rogue squadron comes out and other star wars movies they can have theaters fully on board with them and give them as many screens and everything and not have like the kind of weird turbulence that currently uh warner and the movie theaters are experiencing because amc's like chewing them out warner and i'm sure if warner came back in 2022 and said here's our movies they take them but like you know disney's sort of priming the pump so disney can say oh we're opening across from uh i don't know uh the batman with our with spider-man why don't you uh give us some more screens remember when we had your back so i think that's probably why but Soul, mm-hmm. there's no chance that they're going to get in enough theaters to recoup this year. Is that Oh, yeah. Uh, it comes out this week. Oh, this week? All right. Yeah. I'll probably check that out. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch. I think next QC, I'll be wanting to talk about that. Oh, not I next really QC. Want, right, right. It's Quarantini's next QC, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess, let me, uh, you got something else to say? No, no. That's actually, go ahead and segue into that. You got something else to say, punk? No. Spit it out. I don't. All right. Well, anyways, uh, next episode, we will be doing the Quarantinis, the first and hopefully only annual Quarantini that we do. <laughs> let us know what you thought about uh, this episode. Uh, even let us know what uh, your favorite announcement or most surprising announcement from the, the Disney Investor Day was. You, have 50 uh, you can either tell us in the comments here on the blog post or on our Twitter at RamNintendo.com. Uh, you can listen to no, us on our, our your Twitter favorite. has no com. Twitter's just random Nintendo. You're doing so well, Kevin. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Do you want well, to anyways. do over and edit it out? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'll definitely I'll leave that in. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, all that jazz. Uh, we are what Stitcher, Stitcher. Oh yeah, Stitcher. Tune in. Yep. Yep. iHeartRadio. Uh, this podcasting app Agora on the iTunes store, which I used for like two days when I, uh, was rating every single podcast app and I, do I still have the notes? Oh yeah. I, I pretty much went through every podcast app and rated their discoverability options, their interface that maybe I'll put that up somewhere at some point, maybe a medium post. I don't know. Uh, where can you find that medium post? Well, just follow me at KVN Gomi on Twitter. Beautiful. You could follow, Beautiful. you can follow Jason at JSR7. You can follow Angel at Wero underscore O, W E I R O underscore O. And uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode. Next week, we will come at you with a brand new episode of Random Nintendo, which is uh, just uh, award stuff, right? Or yeah, I think, it's, stuff. I think it's mostly going to be awards. We'll have um, the Game Awards, which we kind of alluded to this episode, plus our picks for games of the year. And who knows yeah, what exa- else? Nintendo exactly. might surprise us with some news. Who knows? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, last RN of the uh, of the year, and then Indeed. the week after that, we already said it. We will be doing the quarantinis, where we will be talking about our favorite things that we saw this year. So not necessarily things that came out this year, but our favorite new. Uh, how how would I say this? The our favorite, favorite things that, were that we us. saw for the first time in 2020. Yeah, uh, I think that fits the. So pretty much most of the movies yeah, I exactly. watched every that, Friday. That works. That's, that's perfect for you. you have to or experience. It doesn't have to be seen. It yeah. can be heard. It could be felt. Yeah. It could yeah. be smelled. Our our favorite stuff that we did. Our favorite new experience this year. There we go. That's the that's the perfect way to say it. Uh, I think it fits the theme of the the show much better than just like, oh, what was your favorite album of 2020? That kind of thing. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, because this show is more about our, what we're consuming, not what was put in front of our faces. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for this episode. And uh, Jason, take us up. Disney, chill out a little, please. Too much news. <laughs>